Yes, 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 yes. Good morning. It's Friday the 13th. Are you ready for this? Good morning. I'm Mario Nunez. This is Down and Dirty. I'm looking at my broadcast partner who's frantically trying to get our guest to get her headset on, and she's got it on. John Dinkfelder, good morning. How are you, my brother? Mario, you got it on, brother. <laughs> Good morning. All right. Let's it's going to be started. that kind of day. Let's get rocking. Let's get rolling. <laughs> Jason Marlowe at the at the switch. He's the one that always brings us in with that. The dulcet tones. That's right. The flare, the flare, the down and dirty. Introduce oh, our guest. We're going to get a little down and dirty today. We, we, Don't you, know, you listen, worry. Listen, we, we, have, we have two special guests in the studio. We're still going to do our early, our early bit that we do each and every week where we get things off our chest. Those of you that have been listening for a little while know this. And we also have to take this opportunity to thank everybody last week. Fundraising week is never a great deal of fun, as it were, but it's something that's necessary in community radio. I love because, fundraising so And much. we need I, more I of actually, your money. Let's not well, forget. Well, and, and John, you should be no stranger to fundraising. I, I love fundraising so much, I actually missed last week. And I, <laughs> and I with good reason, with good reason, I with apologize. good reason, mom, mom was... Mom was Mom yep. was under the weather, That's and we right. had to go to the doctor urgently. But she's made a great comeback at 93 years old. They do. Awesome. They do. Let's um, hear one for Let's ring one for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reality is you, you still were connected to the show because, of course, your better half was here uh, subbing for you, answering our phones. And at the same time, you did call in and, and offer a pledge. So we're grateful for yeah, that. Lynn, Lynn was here, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys holding down the fort. Um, As it were. Uh, listen, uh, in regard to fundraising, uh, uh, we, we did not make our our goal. Um, so you, if you missed last week or for whatever reason couldn't contribute last week, uh, we really, really would appreciate uh, not only on behalf of this show, but on behalf of the station, WMNF. Here, here. Uh, 40 something, 44 years been around and we need another 44 years. So uh, you can go online, WMNF.org. And, uh, and I think you can specifically target down and dirty so we get a little credit for that. That's correct. And there's a tip jar there. You always hear, if you're listening to WMNF with any reg uh, regularity frequency, you, you know that the, all the jocks and all the talk shows uh, will mention that. You know, share a little love and you can go to the tip jar. It's a great and easy way to do it. And, uh, and we here at um, oh Down and Dirty. Hello, my friends. We all appreciate it. We all appreciate it. All so, right, enough of that. Yes. We've got some good yes. guests. So why don't you start with this one, Sean, Sean O'Brien. Sean, is that your name? Is that your real name? Is that what we call you today? We'll work with that one. That works. Does his mic turn on? Make sure yeah, his mic is... I think we're good. Yep. Okay, there, good. There he is. I don't hear me, but... Now we hear you. Now, now we hear you. We have to do a little wiggle here. Sean, we had to push Not you. Me, but oh yeah, we had to push you. <laughs> we had to push you last week because it wasn't fun. In fact, fundraising weekend. We didn't want to deter from the conversation we're going to have today. All things Ebor City. It's Renaissance, it. and you're an important part in that. All right. I Who's the lady it. to your left? Do you know her? Because I don't know her. We, we uh, just met. We have actually. the a lovely uh, Grace Gonzalez. Good morning, Hi, Grace. And Grace is going to tell us uh, who she's with and what she's doing. In a couple of minutes, but Grace, it's, it's lovely to have you grace our studio today. Uh -oh. I oh, am that's... so excited to talk all things Ebor. There you go. Ebor's a great thing. So, so, guys, the elephant in the room, should we talk a little bit about it? Just let's oh, give it God. seven minutes. Jason, <laughs> Jason, go ahead and kill your mic. Because Jason, Jason's having a big problem this morning. All, listen, all we want to do is just, we want to just... Well, show we'll our start, concerns, we'll, show we'll, our love, yeah. show our empathy, show uh, our, you know, open our hearts and say what is going on in the Middle East is just atrocious. It's an atrocity. It's atrocious. And, and there's no excuse for any of it. And it's horrible. John, take it from there. Huh? What a, what a nice pitch. 
I've been so sad all week. Sadness has been, it's a, there's a pall over my, my home. Yeah. I'm sure yours. Yeah. Um, many people don't know necessarily because Dingfelder is not a very Jewish name. Uh, but I'm, I am Jewish. My, my mother and my father. I was raised in the synagogue here in Tampa, Congregation Cherizetic on Swan Avenue in Tampa. Um, I feel very strongly about my Jewish origin, my Jewish roots, et cetera. Um, I've been so sad um, this whole week because some, you know, I like to lead life in an optimistic way. And, and I'm just, I think inherently I'm an optimist. And I always had hope that, uh, you know, that, that this Israel-Palestine thing was going to work out and get better. And, and, uh, and now I'm feeling very pessimistic. I'm feeling very sad. Jason? I mean, I... Also Jewish. Yeah, I, yeah, there's nothing we can do to solve it. I think at this point, I just like I, I've 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 thrown up my hands on it. I really have. I'll go plant a tree somewhere and feel better about myself doing that. I just like there's nothing we can do. I like I, I come from a, a family where my father sees the glass, or excuse me, I see the glass half full. My mother sees my father. My father doesn't see the glass. Like we, we take the pessimism to a whole new level in the Marlowe household. There is no optimism there, and uh, yeah, I just. I don't know. I've, I have no interest in talking about it because it just sort of feels like a, 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 an issue that we can't fix. I know. And, uh, and as, as the Gentile here in this, in this uh, trio, I'm, 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 I'm curious more, like a, more than a cat. I'm just I'm curious. I want to know more. I want to know the whys of this whole situation. It, it, pro, it confounds me as much as, in many ways... Um, as, as, and being a, 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 an American born of Cuban descent, it confounds me as much the people that, uh, from Cuba that got here 59, 60 during the time of the change uh, that, that still have that angst and all of that ill feeling and all of those horribleness that was and because I, I'm not connected to that story. Mm-hmm. You know, my people came here with Mr. Ebor in, in the late 1890s. So I don't. I'm devoid of that connection to the, that connective tissue to the story. And, well, I think and, we're, we're gonna. We, we talked about it. I think we agreed that next week's show we're gonna dive, do the deep dive into it. So, and so we'll let's have some guests who are very, very knowledgeable. That's that's what and, I'm hoping. And on both and and on both sides, you know, if, if there are sides to take. Um, but or I it think, doesn't have to be for for me. It doesn't. Ha- I want the I, I want the scholars here to to give us the scholarly yeah. approach on all of I mean, this. The show is down and dirty. Give us the and history. I think, I think that all sides need to be heard, and um, and we're going to gather up some good people and and hash it out in a in an intellectual way. Well, speaking of down and dirty, let's uh, let's before we go to You've our break. Yeah, I I I have I, I got. Uh, Two people in our crosshairs, in my crosshairs. There that, you go. Uh, I'll say very frankly, I had thought we had gotten rid of these folks. Like, well, I don't understand. Are you back to local politics? Yes. Uh, just like, so an article in the Times uh, the other day, um, the demon barber of Bayshore, Joe Citro himself, uh, deciding to come back into politics, back into our lives somehow all over again, um, had the audacity to suggest that uh, he did more for housing and transportation than Mary Ellis Smith did. And let me just make it clear uh, for all those who are listening. That man is a bully and a deadbeat and a loser who was the third horse in a fourth horse race. So... Not sure what he thinks he's coming back for. And Jackie Toledo... What did he file for, Jason? Uh, he's uh, intending to file for County Commission District 6, which is the seat that is vacated by a friend of our, uh, of our show here, Commissioner Kemp, uh, for which former 
Commissioner wow. Mary Ellis Smith is running. That's and a wow. Jackie Toledo, who like is, I guess, out here still living off her husband's stolen money. I don't know what she's busy doing, but uh, yeah, she's trying to make a comeback too. And yeah, this is down and dirty, and we're going to start. You know, the fire is getting set this morning, all right? Like, two people who this county would be much better off having no involvement in its politics, trying to get their feet back wet. Mm-mm-mm. I ain't here for well, it. Mario, for legal purposes, we're going to throw Jason under the bus and say those were his personal opinions. That's right. <laughs> and do not, not the reflect the opinions of the, opinions of the, the WMNF. The oh, right. yeah. But listen, that's youth Let also. That's, no. that's that's the That's the vigor and the excitement of being young and, and, and eternally optimistic and, and looking for the better angels at every corner. He'll He'll get beat down enough and around, around, yeah. Well, with, you know, well, that's, I mean, that's what he should be doing. But the reality is, I agree with this young whippersnapper 120% because neither one of those two should be anywhere near a gavel of any kind. So as we move on, as we move as on, we move yeah, on. as we move on, that's just a little, you know, preparation for next week. You guys, if you want to join the conversation, stay close Friday mornings, 10 a.m. WMNF 88.5. And if you want to call in today and join us as we as we turn our attention towards the renaissance of Ybor City now, that makes me smile. There you go. Because my ancestry has a direct lineage through that little area of Tampa that, you know, if, if the city of Tampa had not made the move, smart move to annex Ybor City, we might be looking at Tampa being what we know Ybor City to be and Ybor City being what Tampa has ultimately become. There you go. Because uh, it was Ybor City uh, that was the engine, economic and otherwise, that drove this area for many, many years. And it was the hard work of all those immigrants that got here as we talk about so immigration. I'll never, I'll never forget my first exposure to Ybor City. I was a little... Um, protected little pom- little Pompasia boy growing up a block blue away. eyes blue eyes <laughs> come on now a block away from Plant High I knew about nothing that existed north of Kennedy and um, uh, back in the early sixties and mid sixties my dad worked over in you know like a build, warehouse building sort of thing over near Ebor City and he would take me to work sometimes and at lunch. He took us to the Silver Ring on 7th Avenue and for a Cuban sandwich. And I was like, wow, look at this place. This is like really cool. And, and brick streets and old buildings. and it Sight, was sounds, and smells. Nothing I'd ever seen before. And Spanish-speaking people. Hello. Uh, which I had never seen before. <laughs> old men with their was, cigars and was, Cuban sandwiches being made in the window. I was so sheltered, it's very embarrassing to admit. But I'm glad Dad took me there and exposed me to that world, which I now love. Well, as a matter of fact, Cherish. I'm, I'm in the process of, of redoing a bungalow uh, in Ybor City right now. And... Um, Right there off of Columbus Avenue, and the city did a beautiful job of redoing Columbus Avenue, and um, uh, you know, and and now, you know, there's great things happening in Ebor. The Latin Quarter to uh, Latin Quarter to our Tampeño history, what the French Quarter is to Nolan's history. So, I think we can I think we can safely make that uh, that comparative. I think it flies. I yeah. think it does. So, let's introduce our guests and let's get into it because at 17 past the hour, if you'd like to join the conversation, I'll give you those numbers right now up front. Call us at 813-239-9663. You can email at 
You can email dj at wmnf.org. And if you'd like to text, because that's just easier for you, 813-433-0885. The phones are lighting up already. I think the huh. uh, I think our other special huh. guest, our third special guest, is calling in there at the bottom. Well, um, we're going to leave that. That's a mystery oh, that's guest. A mystery yeah, that's a mystery guest. Okay. Mystery guest. And right. you're going to know him as soon as you All hear right, his name and his voice. Hold on a, a few minutes, and we will get to you. Absolutely. Uh, after we hear from these wonderful folks in the studio. Sean? Yes. So grateful to have met your acquaintance, as they say, years ago now. Yeah, My brother, yeah. you have worked relentlessly. You have, you have been a, you know, ensconced in the community for a minute. Yeah, share yeah. With the, share with the people a little bit about your history, the people that don't know who you might be. Um, I started Broken Mold Entertainment with my partner, Phil Benito. Um, I, I, I'm no longer a, mem a partner, but, um, we did concerts in Ebor and all around Tampa and St. Pete for 20 years. We helped start a few festivals. We, uh, took over Guavaween one year and made that a walking festival. We, um, I, we did like lightning pregame. We had a partner, Joe DeCunto, come on right before I left. We do, who does like Rock the Park and lightning pregames. They're still doing all that stuff, doing a bunch of great shows. Um, and then for a while, I had a deli, a Jewish shop, New York South. We Jewish miss that deli, we do. Street. I do. It was, yeah, it was a fun few months. I know uh, Jason <laughs> misses it a lot. Jason spent a lot of coin in yeah, that deli. Yeah. Before the, uh, before the road shut down and then the whole world shut down, it was fun. But, um, and now I'm involved in what's going on in the Crest building. I have a, uh, micro cinema there, screen door. Where is the Crest building? Uh, the Crest Sean? building is on 7th Avenue in Ebor. It's right off 17th. Um, it's, it used about to be. About halfway through. Yeah, it takes, it's a large, large space. It was where the uh, customs was for a while there. Um, it's right off the corner. There was that open hookah bar and then the next building over and then almost half the street is the Crest. It's uh, three floors, 10,000 square feet. And, and the whole um, thing's nonprofit. Uh, the, the building itself, yeah, it's the Crest Contemporary now, which is a nonprofit, and it's connected to what um, is going to be the Citrus Factory, which was the Meat Yard building. It's going to be the Meat Yard Gallery and the Citrus Factory, and um, they're all going to connect in a nonprofit. We're actually expanding to the on the second floor to the west for another whole floor of stuff. We have um, art galleries. We have my micro cinema, which is a 38-seat theater. Um, Tampa City Ballet is there. We have a photo studio, Dave Decker's photo studio. We have the writer's room. Fringe has a, micro, a, a black box theater there. So um, let's jump back about, what, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Ebor was an arts community, correct? Right, right. I've read, I've read uh, part of Paul Wilburn's book. I mean, that's what uh, Guavaween started as, was all the artists having a big parade and a party. And all were that. you around for that? I, I just had moved. I moved here in 88. My, my family, my aunt, my dad's older sister came here to go to University of Tampa in the 50s and never left. And then one by one, every one of his brothers, sisters, parents, cousins all moved to Tampa. We were the last holdouts. Funny how that happens. Yeah, huh? we were the last holdouts. We moved in 88, but we I would come here every summer and stay for the summer. And then I flip-flopped when I came so here. So tell us about the art, the, scene, the art scene in Ebor back then in the 80s. Uh, it was really cool. My aunt had a lot of friends. We'd go to like the Ovo Cafe and little galleries and stuff like that. And then, I mean, just art and everything. It was just, you know, there was a lot of cool stuff. The Cherokee Club, the uh, Blue Chair, which my, was like... My friend. And Joe Wax with her um, yeah La France even La France and, the yeah. antique clothes yeah yeah um, Sweet Charity which had a bunch of really cool little knickknacks I remember buying an old Jimi Hendrix poster off the wall for a friend of mine from like a show he had in Tampa 
in the 60s. And Guadalupe was very organic, right? Yeah, like it was right on the street. I mean, much like Gasparilla, like everything's become corporate, corporatized now. But like Guadalupe, like, yeah, you were like right on the street. Everybody was hanging off the balconies, having fun. There was, you know, it was it was more of a party and a celebration. And then, you know, obviously in the 90s and mid to late 90s, it became more about getting drunk again, having a little trouble and stuff. And But yeah, originally it was just a celebration of Ybor City itself, a celebration of all the artists and all the local great stuff going on there. High praise to the uh, to the bohemian aspect of this and the artists that decided yeah. to take a chance and come here in the late 70s when Urban Renewal was already destroying half of everything right. and uh, and decided to anchor the Ebor City and hold on for dear life. We've had uh, Joe Howden in studio with us before and we know he's been very instrumental in all of this. He was in the early days as right, well. Right. Michael and Murphy. Another one, Michael. Yeah, you know, dad. Yeah. And thank goodness for these people that have, yeah. you know, just kind of like held on for dear life right, until yeah. everybody else saw the value in Ebor City and came in ultimately to then now develop it to being what it is. I think it's amazing. I think that Mr. Ebor is smiling somewhere because he realizes that, you know, the essence of it is still... It survives. Yeah, the embers like, are being fanned once again. And, right. and hopefully we can weed out the uh, the, the ill-intended young folks to, you know, because it, it really I think that they missed an opportunity, Sean. They could have turned it into maybe something like a living, breathing, um, like a Williamsburg, right? Is it Williamsburg where you go and, you know, you... Um, Brooklyn? Where you go through... No, no, no. no. Where, where Virginia. Virginia, oh, Virginia. Virginia, where you, oh. you know, you, you step back in time. Like, you know, you oh, see... Like an old, yeah, you see the blacksmiths, you see the spinning... You know, you see all the things like it was back in those days. Could have been well, a section wanted, of it. Dick Greco wanted to do that when he was mayor the first time. It didn't go, though. We weren't ready for it. We no, weren't... No, but he wanted to do that. They, uh, he and, I think, uh, Gons, Richard Gonsmart's father, but they had this idea of Caesar? creating this little village... And and they said let's bring let's have bullfighting. Really? Okay, that would have been a little too much, I think. That would have been a little bullfighting story is, is amazing. So anyway, very quickly uh, they they brought it, they brought it in and and then the bull got loose or something <laughs> and then I don't know. The, uh, yeah, yes, the, running everybody running. The bring whole, the bed race bed races back too, Sean. I mean, let's do that. That was a lot of fun. Well, as Grace, well. Grace yeah. uh, that's the Merchants Association. <laughs> we appreciate you coming in uh, early this morning and. Tell us about your Tampa history. I have a feeling maybe you have some and, and uh, some of the w things you're working on. I would love to. Um, I'm here on behalf of Centro Asturiano de Tampa. Um, I've been a member there for a few years now, but my family has all been members for generations. I'm, I was born here in Tampa. My father was born here, my grandfather, my great-grandfather. We were part of that 1880s, 1890s wave of immigrants. Gonzalez, That's what other, fam what other family history. Names? You must have several family oh, names. Oh, it's in all Sanchez, Gonzalez, Perez. I mean, there you go. names that are all over the streets of Tampa, but it's hard to know who's my cousin and who isn't. Everybody is. <laughs> it's all incestuous, right? <laughs> exactly. So my family came from northern Spain, which is known as Asturias. Asturias. Mm. And um, back in the 1890s, early 1900s, a lot of those immigrants who were working in Ybor City, mainly in cigar factories, had their dialects from the places that they came from, from Cuba or from northern Spain or from pockets of Sicily. And they used all of their money to form these mutual aid organizations, these big, beautiful buildings in Ybor City that are still there. And um, Let's rattle a few of them. we got Centro Historiano. Mm -hmm. we got the uh, Cuban Club, which Patrick Montega and his crowd Circo have Cubano. been working on. you got the Centro Espanol. Italian, Italian Club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Italian uh, Club. There's a German club that's now Metro Inclusive Health. Martin Absolutely. Macio. Is, exactly, yes. that building is there. Yeah. Um, and 
back then in the early 1900s, 1902 was when Centro Asturiano opened, you could get your hair cut there. There's a cemetery attached. There's a bowling alley. There's a bank. Um, obviously a ballroom, a they theater. They called it womb to tomb, right? Womb to tomb. They took care of every need you had. So it really was a mutual aid society because you went in mm -hmm. and you were with everybody that was part of your community and you were all paying into the system to support each other. And we're so lucky that the buildings are still there. And today uh, we have a membership that's working to restore different parts of the building. And luckily this year, from July to September, we, we finally refurbished and renovated our theater. So we've got brand new seats and we're really excited about Gorgeous. that. What floor is that? That's on the second floor. Second floor. Okay. So my grandfather tells me they used to have these events multiple times a year where they'd have huge dinners in the 250 person ballroom upstairs. Then the women and children would go watch something in the theater while the men went downstairs to the first floor cantina and played dominoes and drank. People upstairs were cleaning the ballroom, and then once that was clean, everybody evacuated the theater, and they had a big dance upstairs. Beautiful. It's a really it's a beautiful space, and it's it's a great place to celebrate and use um, all the different functioning spaces. And what has happened in that theater is spectacular. If you I haven't seen it, see the pictures it, yeah. the pictures are amazing. Uh, we we should we should go see it together, and then have a, have and a the remote broadcast. Why don't we try that? Have I think we can do that. You've been in the Tampa theater seats, right? They had their 2017 renovation. We use the same Irwin Seating Company to get that historical feel. Um, it really feels authentic. We used all the paint colors that we looked into at the Tampa Bay History Center to make sure everything was authentic. And it's really a gorgeous... I gorgeous like the scene. fact that, the, that the, the, the Mutual Aid Society buildings, right, the ones that we just named, are still here. And they're trying to kind of... It's not a one-up thing, but they are, you know, moving a little bit in that direction where, okay, now, it's, the Centro did this. We've got to do this as well. And it can only help the community at large. Exactly. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Lynn and my good friend, uh, Kathy Bartolotti. And uh, Kathy... Uh, Grace is on the younger end of the age the, the spectrum. Uh, Kathy's uh, uh, my age, uh, thereabouts, and uh, has put a lifetime of work into the into the board of Centro Storiano. Uh, shout out to her and and all the good people who've just you know held the ship af afloat for so many decades. And now you come along as a young person. And, and you're carrying the torch. And it's, what was the name of that ship, Grace? The Covadonga? Does the anybody Covadonga. remember the Covadonga? Of course. We have a Covadonga meeting a, room. And you have the mock-up. The little, the, 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 the little mock-up. What is that? That was the ship that was used to transport all those Asturianos to, to the New World, as oh, it from, were. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Because I know about the local one, Cuba. The, what's the that mascot. one? Yeah, the mascot. And the Olivet. But this one, this one, it was an actual sailing vessel. And you've got a beautiful mock-up of it at at, um, it, at uh, Centro. So, I mean, if you guys haven't been there, uh, take a minute and, and get over there and see the loveliness that we is this do. building. Yeah. It's important to me as a, a you called me younger, but <laughs> a younger person who's here in Tampa to know that as more and more people are moving here, that they know the stories that have been here. I mean, know about Ybor's arts culture, know about those immigrants who built Ebor know what kinds of things they were seeing and doing and how they were spending their time and what they were eating and right. um, keeping those kinds of memories alive was important. Yeah, Ebor City is much more than just a place to go to a bar and get drunk. I mean, Ebor City has a beautiful, rich history that makes Tampa so different and so unique. 
I mean, I had a choice. But it I, is a great place to get drunk, too. <laughs> see? You yeah, see? There's some great for bars a lot of in I thought about ringing a bell there, but I, 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 I held off. You I held off. It. You should do it. <laughs> but anyway. You um, got to support those merchants, right? I, I mean, I mean and they've been, okay, I'll ring it. I'll ring it. I mean, yeah, Sean other, talked me into the it. Other, the other shout go. out I want to give is to uh, EJ Salcinas, who I believe is probably one of our top Asturianas, uh, if that's probably a, that is Asturiana. I love him. He was in the deli all the time. Like he was a great supporter. Yeah, and I heard that guy. they were talking about naming a school after EJ. And I and I, uh, I heard that as well. Yeah, yeah. So so send your emails to the school board. We need EJ Salcinas. And let's do it uh, now. Let's do it now, so we can honor this this wonderful historian, this Absolutely. wonderful son of Tampa, this wonderful Tampeño, because it is it is time to to do that. Do we? We, we want to remind everybody that they're listening to. If you're just joining us right now, at the bottom of the hour, you're listening to Down and Dirty on WMNF eighty eight point five Community Radio. I'm Mario Nunez, alongside John Dingfelder and Jason Marlowe. Join us here in the conversation as we bring in a third guest to talk to us today about. Some of Ebor City's history. And, his, and this guest has tremendous uh, history with Ebor as well. And his family is doing it. Yep. I'm just going to say that. They're doing it. Caller, I think you might be there, and now you're joining us. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hi, John. Hi, Mario. Thank you very much for the very kind introduction. This is Drew Newman from J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and uh, we're very proud to keep Tampa's cigar tradition alive here in Ebor City. Well, Drew, welcome to the show. I do remember you, I think, in either in elementary school or, or middle school, going to school with my daughter, Sadie. I um, did. <laughs> but, um, Drew, we're so glad to have you and the Newman family represented. Um, tell us a little bit about the cigar history of, of Tampa, because there are people moving into Tampa who probably have no, Every week, they don't know this story. No clue that we are the cigar city. That's so. right. We know we're very proud of how Tampa's being transformed and continue, continuing to grow and expand and, and welcoming new residents. But our, our hope is just all the transformation development can, can occur without forgetting where we came from, without forgetting the historic character of Tampa, which really has its roots in the cigar industry. Because as, as you know, John and Mario, before the cigar industry came here to Tampa in 1885 and 1886, there really wasn't much here. We had Fort Brook, the U.S. Army post. We had some people who fished, some ranchers, and, and there was about 700 of them, and that was it. But uh, almost overnight, when Mr. Ebor decided that Tampa was the place, the perfect place to roll cigars, and he decided to move his factory from Key West, uh, other cigar makers followed, and, and Tampa's population exploded from about 700 people in the 1880 census to 30,000 people just 20 years later by 1900 and more than 100,000 people by 1930, making Tampa the largest city in the state, all really because of the cigar industry. And as you both know, anyone who's been here for more than a few generations, your ancestors either rolled cigars or cooked lunches for the cigar workers or made cigar boxes or printed cigar labels or sort of supported the industry in some other way. And and we're just very proud of the historic character of, of Tampa, of, of the, the cigar industry here. And as the last factory still rolling cigars in Cigar City, uh, it's our privilege to keep this tradition alive. Absolutely. And, Drew, um, the Newmans got here a different direction. A lot of the cigars uh, manufacturers came from Key West and from Havana. But the Newmans came here from? Cleveland. 
Cleveland, exactly. Ohio. We're also one of the, the, the last arrivals, too. Uh, Mr. Ebor arrived uh, in 1885, and the first cigars were rolled here in, in April of 1886. But uh, my family didn't make the, uh, the, the, the journey to Tampa until 1953. Uh, my great-grandfather started our company, started rolling cigars uh, in the back of the family house in Cleveland, Ohio, in 1895. And we, we, we grew from family house to a storefront to a series of larger factories becoming the largest cigar maker in the, the Midwest. And then at a time when my great-grandfather um, and his friends were deciding to move to Florida to retire, and he was 78 years old, he decided to move to Florida too, not to retire, but to bring our business to and our family to Tampa because it was the fine cigar capital of the world. And that's where if you made cigars, you wanted to be in Tampa. Well, a lot of a lot of a lot of good work workers, the Italians, the Spaniards, etc., were here. And uh, did they build the building, or did they buy the building? So we're located, and where I'm calling you from is is our iconic El Rolo Cigar Factory mm-hmm. here in the historic district. And it was built in 1910 by the Regensburg family, which moved down from Lower Manhattan. That's where they were making cigars, and and then they came down here to Tampa. To, to, to join the cigar industry here, and they, they built our building, and they, they moved out in 1951, and my, my grandfather and great-grandfather moved in two years later. And I knew your grandfather. Didn't know your great-grandfather, but admired your uh, your grandfather tremendously. Thank so you. where are you at now? Uh, you know, you're, you're one of the last ones, I think, uh, except for very small companies that are trying to roll cigars, but... Uh, yeah. What's I roll happening? cigars at my house. Nobody cares. <laughs> you roll something else, but uh, it's all medicinal, I'm sure. 100%. Okay. Well, <laughs> a century ago, there were 150 cigar factories in Tampa making 500 million cigars by hand every year. It's an incredible number. More cigars were made in Tampa than in Cuba or anywhere else in the world, which is obviously why we're known as Cigar City. But beginning in the 1960s and accelerating the 70s and 80s, one by one, Tampa cigar factories closed, and, and most of them moved their production overseas to Latin America. And so we still have the, a, a beautiful collection of historic cigar factory buildings here in Ybor City, but uh, we're, we're the stubborn ones. Uh, we haven't left. We're still rolling 60,000 cigars a day here in Ybor City, and we're rolling them today just like my great-grandfather did 100 years ago. It's, uh, it, it, it's pretty remarkable. That's fantastic. And you also have a museum over there. Yeah, this is a great museum. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our factory was built to be a factory. It was built to roll cigars, and that's what we've always done. But what we realized was three years ago, as we approached our company's 125th anniversary, we realized we were the last factory left here in, in Tampa. So if it, we realized that if we didn't open our doors to the public and invite people in and, and share the tradition of cigar making in Tampa, nobody else could or would. And so... Uh, for our 125th anniversary, we restored the factory, built a cigar museum, started offering guided tours. We have cigar rolling classes. We had offer a bunch of host a bunch of events. We had 22 weddings here last year, and we, and we went from having zero visitors three years ago to 10,000 visitors last year. Then this year we're on track for 15,000. So it's a real privilege for Wonderful. my family and me to be able to share Tampa's cigar story with visitors from all around the world. 
If you're just joining us and you're just now turning to WMNF 88.5, you're listening to the voice of Drew Newman, the fourth generation caretaker. At least that's what Richard Gunsmart refers to himself as. Uh, he's the fourth generation later to be owner of uh, Newman Cigars here, J.C. Newman Cigars here in Tampa in Ybor City on 16th. And I'm so proud of Drew because I do know for a fact, because I'm friends with his dad, that Drew, um, I think you went, what, to California or something for, for several years, but clearly you decided to come back and continue that family legacy. And thank you so much, Drew. Aren't we the better for it? Thank you, John. Here, here. It's a privilege to be here and to keep our family tradition going. And our, our one only goal is to roll cigars 100 years from now, just like we do today, which is just like we did 100 years ago, and, and, and keep telling the story of Tampa's cigar um, Heritage. And like I said earlier, Grace is continuing this legacy. Sean, As is Sean. Sean, uh, <clears throat> uh, tell us how this all ties together with the art, the art scene in Ebor City. Sean and um, Brian. I just, I think Ebor in general, it's just, um, it's ever flowing, you know. And everybody has their own version of their Ebor, but the, that they love. But the beautiful thing about it is the the good stuff sticks. Like the people that really care about what they're doing as far as like, you know, like you said, he came back, his family is stuck around. Like for they're constantly trying to make Central Osterino better. Like places like Crowbar, there were tons of live music venues that came in, but tons of them are gone, but Crowbar's still here because he does it right. Like people who try to come in with like Subways and Buffalo Wild Wings and Victoria's Secret, Seven Eleven Outfitters, all that stuff goes because it's there's no history there there's no love there there's no passion for the area so i think when people fear that ebor is going to change for the worse because certain things are moving in i think they just need to always remember like the quality sticks in ebor the quality heart, always the heart has sticks the you know because um when they recently announced like there was this there's this poor lady that's opening up a cheese shop in ebor and everybody went nuts and went <laughs> off on like how like it was it was getting too classy and blah 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 and i'm like do you realize there's a crazy place in Ebor yeah, already? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they make Ebor could have, like, good stuff. As long as the people are passionate and care about it, like, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's good. And, and it's nice that it's yeah. small and homegrown and, right. and that sort of and, thing. And, you know, and the, the same with the arts. You know, the arts has, has kind of ebb and flowed with Ebor. Like you said, they help revitalize it when it had gone down for a little while. And then they did such a good job that they got booted out because all these big places moved in. And now some of those big places have fallen off of the wayside and some people that really care about it. Um, I mean, say, people could say what they want about Daryl Shaw, but no one else was giving a building to artists to so, have a place. Speaking, you know? of, speaking of that building, you're doing movies or theater? Well, on my so I'm on the board of Tempest Projects who uh-huh. has five galleries in there. Uh, Tracy Medulla has done an amazing Tracy. Great. Just the whole building itself. She's really taken the lead on that and really done an amazing job. Um, I have my theater in there. I have two partners. We have a micro cinema in there. It seats 38 people. We do movies that run the gamut from new movies to like silent films to the scary documents. movies yeah. during Halloween. Oh yeah, we have tons of them for Halloween. Micro cinema. Um, that sounds yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's I'm, been I'm really not great. familiar with it. Really. Yeah, there's they, there's um, small there's screening one room. St. Pete um, called um, Green Green Door. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting something like that. Um, but green light cinema. Um, but yeah, there. It's just kind of a more intimate setting, you know. And we kind of can show what we want. That's the other thing. Daryl has been like super generous with the rent for all of us to like all of us to try this out, you know, like 
everybody in there probably wouldn't be doing anything in Ebor if it wasn't for, you know, the help we got because it's just it helps us kind of show a movie and be like, if no one, only eight people show up, we're we still okay. It's a really cool movie. We're still okay. We can still see. make rent. Yeah, we're, we're still good. Um, if we want to, like, give a student the room for the night so he could show his film to friends and stuff, we could do that and not worry, like, oh, no, we got to right, work. You're a nonprofit you know? doing this theater thing? The theater is isn't a nonprofit. Tempest is a nonprofit. The building so is a they, nonprofit. So how do people uh, go to the website? What is the website? Um, well, we, we have our own website. The, if they just look up Screen Door um, dot, uh, I think it's microcinemaebor.org, but if you look up Screen Door Ebor, you'll find us. And they can find out what's um, playing. Yeah, and then okay. find out. We also were on Instagram and Facebook and everything. And um, But uh, the Crest Building itself has it. Uh, Tempest, if you look up them, they have a whole thing with all the events they have going on. They have a big fundraising event coming up at the end of the month. So, um, yeah, you, there's just tons of good stuff going on in that building if you check it out. And, so. Grace, you, you represent Next Gen. I like, to, I like to use that phrase. I'm not <laughs> sure exactly what it means. But, but you represent Next Gen as, as it relates to our history here. And I can hear the enthusiasm and the excitement. You haven't stopped smiling since you got in the studio, which is really great for us because we pick up on that energy. How much fun are you having uh, being a vital part of the, the renaissance of Centro Asturiano? And are the other young people interested? Or that's, are a you great, just that's a great following. Great. No, no, no. She's the lead, she's the lead dog in this I'd Iditarod. Hope, but. I'd hoped, yeah, to be a leader in it. I'd, I'd like to get more young people involved and interested in the history of Tampa. Like you, you made a good point earlier, kind of comparing Tampa, Tampa's Ybor City to uh, the Latin Quarter New to Orleans the French Latin Quarter. Quarter. I mean, we're both port cities with a lot of different cultures that have brought in a lot of different flavors, a lot of different music, a lot of different things. And, um, it's it's a task to get people excited, but so many people are already excited about Tampa because of the sports and the weather and so many other things. So the name of the game is to just show them and make sure that everything stays exciting with big smiles and enthusiasm. You know, if you if you read the, the Gary Mormino book, the big book, I don't know the name of it, but it's a wonderful book, but he talks about the connection, especially with Italians between Tampa and New Orleans back in the, you know, eight, late 1800s. And, and when Italians couldn't find work here, they'd jump on the boat and they'd go over to New Orleans and they'd build a railroad or whatever, and then when it died off there, they'd come back here and they bounce back and forth. A lot of connection between the two. 100%. And when you think about foods that have been so uniquely identified as New Orleans food, Creole and Cajun, I mean, a lot of it's Gulf-influenced, and a lot of Tampa's food is Gulf-influenced. We have a lot of the same flavors. We've got a lot of the same Sicilian immigrants, and then add Cuban immigrants and add Spanish immigrants and all of a sudden that jambalaya tastes real good. We've got so a lot of stuff in the, in the Centro Asturiano. You've got now you've got a beautiful building. You've got active members. Are they the only ones who are allowed to use the building? No, uh, the the building is available for rent for weddings uh, for any sort of event. We have meetings in there. We've got boardrooms. We've got a little library. I think Hillsborough um, High School is going to have a big reunion coming up or a big celebration. I think they're going to be using the Centro. Oh, cool. 100 years. Grace Next City year, Church 24. is in there um, sometimes on Sundays doing uh, worship cer ceremonies. We've got all sorts of stuff. We've got a Halloween party coming up on the 27th, a bourbon tasting coming up in November. Um, our website, centroastorianotampa.org. Plenty of parking. Plenty of information. We've got plenty of parking. And the damas will, will take your money, too, if you want to go in there and play some bingo on the third Wednesday. Oh, Is it the yes. third Wednesday of every month? Spicy hot bingo. I love it. <laughs> and it's right there at the corner of uh, Nebraska and Palm. 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 Uh, so it's not 
deep into Ebor. So if people like are afraid, oh, I don't want to go to Ebor at night or something like that, it's not deep into Ebor. It's right on the edge of northwest Ebor. northwest quadrant. Right by maybe? the Flan Factory oh. and the Jameson Bread House. Jason let's hear Joe. some. Let's let's ring a bell for the Flan Factory. A couple shall of we? good snacks around there. Yeah. And I would be remiss. We were talking about the early pioneers and those that came in and saw the merit in, in being, uh, you know, responsible and caring a great deal about Ybor City. My dear friend Don Barco, who who we lost several years ago, and I, I get I verklempt every time I mention his name because he was like an older brother to me. But um, King Corona Cigars, what an amazing, amazing place to 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 sit and be with friends and have a cigar. One of the absolute landmarks of the city should yeah. be preserved for absolute all time. Yep. I mean, like, as someone who loves Ebor, I mean, everybody at this table, right, loves Ebor. Right. And I'll tell you, as far as I'm concerned, King Corona is like one of the cornerstones yeah. Uh, yeah. of Ebor. Don, like, may it be that Don way and forever. Brent, Don and Brenda Barco. So right here, here's what I want to say to our listeners. Um, give us a call right now. It's uh, 239-9663. Have you got a memory uh, about Ebor City that you'd like to share with us? Right, this I is loved, a good time. I loved what you said before, Sean, is everybody has a different Ebor. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has a different feeling about Ebor, a different memory about Ebor. I was talking about bars and probably jabbing a little bit. But you know what? Some people have... Listen, my son Christopher uh, is at the James Joyce in Ebor yeah. uh, three or four nights a week and uh, working. And uh, and they have a good... <laughs> I like the clarification. Yeah, working, He's not but they have a good time there, and it's very much like a Cheers bar. Right. You know, it's not one of these out-of-town bars. This is a local bar, and they do a good job and, and, and all. Everybody has a different Ebor. Give us a call. Tell us what your Ebor is, 813-239-9663. Any big events planned around the corner, Sean, that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, well, um, so for the movie theater, we have... Um, we were shown a movie Passages over the weekend, and on Saturday we have the director who's out in New York City. It's a large studio film. Um, we have the director uh, coming in via Zoom and having a conversation with us about it. Um, on October 22nd, we have a thing called the B-Movie Market, and I have a bunch of people setting up, like, comic book, video games, old VHS, old, like, movies and stuff, and then we're going to show a few B-Movies in the theater um, Tempest, as I said, has their big fundraiser. They have mm -hmm. an art auction at the end of the year on the 25th at the Bricks in Ebor. So we're going another. On site. And then 1920 um, is another another uh, event space, is it? Or it it's that they're renovating now. They're yeah, doing the some old great Frankie's things. Patio. Is yes, that yes, I believe about? that's yeah, correct. Yeah. I believe that's correct. And Drew, you're still with us. I know you're still with us because I can see you haven't hung up yet, and I haven't <laughs> hung up on you. I, so I tell had us a question. I had a question for Drew specifically. I just want to know if he's got anything else coming up. Well, that's that, what I was going to yeah, ask. Gonna ask him. That's what I was going to lead him into. Drew, I think on the building to your south, yes. you've taken it over. What do they call it? The Bat Cave or they something? They've replaced like the Bat. Yeah, they've replaced oh. all those. Oh, talk a little bit yeah, about please. that, Drew. That is fascinating. And listen, I'm you're getting a lot of about this. you're getting a lot of uh, a, a lot of pub and a lot of love from Channel 13. I know that uh, Charlie Belcher's been out there a couple of times, and uh, Lloyd Sowers has been out right. there. Come on, man, share with our audience what they're doing there. Sure. So Ybor City is a, is a wonderful, vibrant community, but unfortunately, in the, in the 1960s, just like the federal government did elsewhere, uh, the federal government came in and tore through our neighborhood and ripped it apart when they built I-4. And the decades that followed, so much of the focus and energy of Ybor was concentrated south of I-4 around 7th Avenue, and our part of Ybor City, north of the interstate, was overlooked and forgotten. But in the past few years, with the restoration of our historic Elrolo Cigar Factory, we're trying to shine a light on our corner of the Ebor City Historic District. And, and now that we have uh, 
10,000 plus visitors coming to visit our cigar factory every year that they've started to ask, where can I go for a, a cup of cafe con leche or a Cuban sandwich? Where can I go next? And unfortunately, there hasn't been any place to, to sit down and, and eat or have a cup of coffee or enjoy a cigar north of I-4. And so we've taken over this uh, decrepit building directly across Columbus uh, from our factory. It was built in 1910 to serve our cigar factory. And 100 years ago, it had a cafe and a cigar lounge on the first floor. And the second floor was an old hotel. And in the past 100 years, it's, it's been a grocery store, a coffee mill, a brewery, and so many other things. But most recently, it was a really uh, a CD dive bar um, until about 15 years ago. But uh, the only residents in the last decade have been a colony of 5,000 bats. Yeah, most recently it was a bat house. <laughs> it was a bat house. We had uh, and today's Friday the thirteenth. <clears throat> Isn't that great? <laughs> you, you shouldn't fear our bats here in Ebor. They're about the size of your thumb, and they eat mosquitoes. So what's not to love about that? That's right. Uh, but but we've uh, humanely relocated our bats to some new bat houses, which is allowing us to restore. How's that going, Drew? How's that going? Oh, the, the, it, it, it's going great. I mean, the, the, you're a the, landlord for bats. Well, yeah, yeah, but we're all preoccupied because when we saw that you were attempting to relocate them, that's not an easy task. Are, you've got to you've got to set it up properly, and and we're all wor- I'm worried that they you know that they roost that they roost did they come home. Uh, they, they did. So um, we 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 worked with a bat uh, nonprofit uh, that 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 rescues bats. That's and super for cool. Them, and, and they helped carefully relocate our colony to some new beautiful uh, bat houses that we built. Uh, and I should mention this, too. Uh, we, we transformed a, a two small little lots across uh, 16th Street from our factory into a beautiful new park that's almost finished that we're going to dedicate to the cigar workers of Tampa. And that's where we, we, we put our uh, bat houses. And, um, and what's the future of this building? Uh, um, a little little cafe? A little boutique hotel? Are you doing a, a little hotel? A little too? boutique hotel as well, yeah. So, John and Mario, my hope is that in two years, when we restore the Sanchez E. Hyatt building, that you'll be able to walk in there, open your eyes, and the building will look like the way it looked back in 1910, with a small cafe awesome. and a cigar lounge on the first floor and a small hotel on the second floor, just as another way to, to help us tell the story of Tampa's cigar tradition and make sure that visitors who come to Tampa and Ybor City from all around the world have a first-class experience. And so Drew, we're very excited by it. Drew, let me say, I've, I've got two suggestions <clears throat> for you on, on that front, um, and you can take this for what it's worth. I think everybody that works there should be in period piece uh, dress. I okay. think you should make sure that everybody, you know, that when they step into that building, they feel like they're stepping back into, you know, well, it's 1910, number one. And number two, the second thing, and maybe more importantly, is that you consider hiring me as your, either your maitre d' or your, your, um, <laughs> your, um, concierge, because I could, I could do the history there and we can negotiate that salary later. But I can tell you this, there's nobody that throws a party like the uh, Newman family because I was graciously invited by your pops. I didn't get a chance to talk to you that night and thank you in person because there was a crowd around you the whole night but that party celebrating your 125th that came a couple of years later because of covid was unbelievable my man i the 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 newman family puts it out there when they do they do it top shelf so thank you for what you do thank you for that amazing party that night and thank you also for always having your eye towards the future i think i think the newman cigar jc newman legacy is in good hands with uh with this young whippersnapper drew newman at the helm what do you think there you go Thank you so much. That's, that's so kind of you to say. Uh, when Mr. Ebor decided to come to Tampa, 
1885, what sealed the deal was that the 700 residents pulled their money together and, 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 and got $5,000, a huge sum at the time, to buy the land that is now Ybor City. And from that moment, the, 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 the community, the government, the, the city of Tampa has been so supportive of the cigar industry for the past 134 years that it is our, 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 our privilege to give back and to show the cigar, cigar industry's appreciation to everyone in Tampa for just supporting our home industry. So I, remember a couple, I, I remember a couple years ago, uh, Drew, when uh, Congress, for some strange reason, was taking, taking shots at, United, I'm glad you brought that at up, the United States JD. cigar industry. Because and, and, the Newmans just celebrated a victory there. Can yeah. you talk about that, Drew, or uh, is, there, is there some kind of a no, non-disclosure that you... I want to give two shout-outs on that. Uh, Kathy Castor, our congresswoman, uh, she jumped in um, yeah. and, and, and really was very, very helpful, um, I believe, with you and your family and, and your dad and all and fighting that. And, and I, hope, I hope they won. Years worth of fighting. Yeah, right. I believe, I believe the so. The other shout out I wanted to do be before we finish the show is to my good friend Raphael Ebor. Uh, Raphael, I think, is the great, great grandson. Great grandson. No, just, I think it's just great. Yeah, one or the other. Uh, really, I think pretty much the last remaining Ebor uh, of that family, uh, at least in the Tampa area. And he's still here and he's and still he's with us. he's still here and he's still with us. And he comes to my, our Rotary Club meeting, the Rotary Club of Ebor City. John, put in a good word for me. I've been trying to get him on the Tampa Native Show for some time now. And, and, and I've had Drew's daddy came on the show via Zoom when we were doing, when it was COVID times. We'll I want to get Drew try. to sit in with me, but Rafa won't do it. I, okay. I've, I've been in. Almost pleading with him, and he won't oh, do no. it. I would love to do it. Of course. No, not no, you, Drew. I know Mr. you're coming Mr. in. Mr. But Mr. Ebor is great, great grandson. Yeah, I just, you know, what if, if the Tampa Native Show should ever go off the air, and I don't get Mr. Ebor to come on I the show, you, you Mr. Ebor's to, great grandson, you, you, you might I'm going to have go to scrub remote. the whole mission. You might have to go remote and go to his house, but because I think he I don't do mind it. doing that. I would do it with you at his house, but I'm not sure he's going out that much. Anyway. All right, I'm going to count on you to do that, John. So, Grace, you, we haven't heard from you for a while. What else you got going on? I mean, in you said you're with the Gonsmart family group. Uh, I do. I work with the Gonsmarts. It's a 1905 family of restaurants. We've got a big uh, 5K coming up, Richard's Run for Life. It's in Centennial Park in Ebor That's City, always a lot of fun. November 3rd, which is a Friday evening. Are you running? I Walking. will be. I am registered to run, but I will be taking photos of the other runners. That's normally my my niche. There um, but go. there'll be food there, tons of goody-goody pie and food from Casa Santo Stefano, 1905 salad from the Columbia and beer from Ulele Spring Brewery. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's kind of like a party in the park uh, where you could run if you'd like to, but we're raising it's money sort of this in year. the evening, is it? As it I is. Recall. It starts at 7 p.m. So it's, yeah. it's the only race where you can run in the streets of Ybor at night. Yeah, my and wife... Uh, Lynn, it's a great deal of fun. Lynn was running a few years ago, and, uh, and she ran in that race, and then she ran in another race uh, with Richard... Uh, downtown, um, but that's that that run uh, run for life is wonderful. And proceeds benefit. So for the past uh, twenty one years, it's been benefiting Moffitt Cancer Center. But this year, the proceeds will all go towards kind of a joint effort between Moffitt and UF Small Animal Hospital that they've been working on a uh, vaccine for sarcoma cancer. The research started when the Gonsmarts they always they always travel with these big German shepherds. Some of their German shepherds got sick. First, Rusty, who has a hot dog named after him at Goody Goody. Rusty got sick. 
uh, with aspergillosis, which normally dogs only live a couple of weeks, but he lived seven years because of the research done at UF Small Animal Hospital. A lot of trips to Gainesville, yeah, a lot of trips to Gainesville. another German Shepherd had sarcoma, and they started using that same treatment to uh, shrink the tumor size, and they've been able to use that treatment on mice, dogs, and now children. So we're working on raising money for that. Nice. And um, it's going to be a really fun night. Nice. And they can go online to register, right? Absolutely. RichardsRunForLife.org. Beautiful. It's a great time. I've done it myself, too. And then afterwards, you Did sit. Did you run? No, I walked. Okay. There was some walking involved, as I recall. But it was cool because the streets were closed, and that's the only time you get a chance to I mean, listen, you know, do that little route. And if it's, I'm it's running, not, the police are behind me. There you go. That's that young whippersnapper again. He don't say much, but when he does, Sean, what, what, what do you got for us? Um, I, f- I forgot to mention we're going to have a, um, there's going to be an Ebor City Art Tour. This will be the second year we've done it on the 19th of this month. Nice. It goes to HGC Ebor campus, uh, Marcolinas, which is a new gallery on 7th, um, throughout the Crest, the Bricks, because they have their whole art gallery area. Um, Hotel Haya is what night be, is that? Um, October nineteenth. Fantastic. Yeah, and well, it's, that's um, coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, tickets available. Where can they find? Yeah, them? tickets are available on Eventbrite. If you put Ebor City Arts Tour and Google, it'll pop up right away. The tickets for Eventbrite, but yeah, everybody will have like refreshments and stuff, and you kind of just go to each spot in Ebor and. You know, see the JD, we, we've heard though. we've heard this said many, many times mm-hmm. on the show, and and by people smarter than us, even at times. Well, there's a that, lot of them. I know that's why I brought it up. <laughs> so, so you know, but a, but a community can really be measured by how they appreciate. And you know, Bill Carlson comes to my councilman. Carlson comes to he, my. He's very much behind the art tour. He how much you how much you appreciate yeah. and love and nourish <laughs> the art community. Absolutely. Um, and and the, the re- we have two representatives here in the studio with us, as well as Drew, who's doing his part. And I think that, you know, we, we should celebrate that. We have a, There's a lot going on in this crazy world we're living in right now. But one of the, I think an elixir, one of those moments where you can just kind of decompress and, and, and escape, if you want to look at it that way, into the arts. That's what, these, that's what these nice folks are doing for us. They're making sure that all of this is continuing, whether it's history, whether it's art in, its, in the truest form, and whether it's rolling cigars by hand, as they did, our ancestors did over 100 years ago. It's all art. It's all art. Yeah. And art plays. Art matters. Okay, I'm going to ring a bell for myself, okay? That's how you do it over good here. Call, good call. So, thank you. I spent, uh, I spent half of my Thursday afternoons over at the Jewish Community Center, City of Tampa Art Center, uh, on the pottery wheel. And That's right. You're throwing clay these I'm days, my man. And, huh? and you know what? This is a relatively new. This is a relatively new thing for me. Uh-huh. But, uh But 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 I, it is. It's just a wonderful. Mm, yeah, no, and you got your hands in the clay, just, and it's just, and your mind goes away, and you don't worry about anything else except making this beautiful pop. Listen, we are yeah, so thank thrilled. all thank all of our guests. We are so thrilled to have uh, our guest Sean O'Brien. Uh, doing, Thanks for having me. Doing wonderful From things uh, on Seventh Avenue. Uh, Grace Garcia, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, and Drew, uh, thanks for taking your time. We certainly, Drew Newman. Drew Newman, thank you for being there for us today, Drew. We, we thank everybody for listening. Thank those that contributed mightily last week. And again, you can always share some jar, uh, WMN, jar, love in our tip jar, WMNF.org. we got a ways to go. So uh, just on behalf of myself, Mario Nunez, and John Dingfelder, my co-host, Jason Marlowe running the board, thank you, everybody. We certainly appreciate you, and we'll see you again next Friday. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend.